In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, I just got to pick on my kids, so I also received prior permission to pick on my wife. Um, so I won't get in trouble later, but many of you know that my wife is from Kentucky. She was born and raised there, and she lived there her whole life until I brought her up to the civilized world of Ohio. <laughs> but uh, when I met her, she had the slightest southern accent. But over the years of being married to me and living here and living around other people not from Kentucky, her accent is pretty much gone. But this past summer, she went to Kentucky for a week to spend time with family and friends down there. And when she came back, I noticed that the accent had come back too, but just slightly. I don't know that most people would have noticed. I don't think she noticed, but I could hear it. Right? But it's the world around us that influences how we speak, how we hear. Just as an accent can come and go based on who we're spending time with. Right? We have ears that hear, that pick up on the things around us. I think about when we lived in Lima, right, there was always background noise. Either noise from the streets, noise from the refinery, the railroads, dogs barking, whatever. The hum of the city was constant. And so I would take the kids out of the city to a park and just sit and be stunned by that true silence. Right? There was no hum, no cars, nothing, just stillness. But our ears adapt to our context. If we're always around noise, the noise will no longer be noticeable. If everyone around us speaks a certain way, we also start to adapt and begin to speak that same way. Well, so the spiritual aspect of hearing and speaking play an important role in our gospel reading this morning. So Jesus has traveled outside of Israel, which is something he only does a couple times in the gospels. But in our story this morning, in the second story of our reading, he's in a region surrounding the Decapolis. So these were ten cities built just a couple hundred years before Christ by Greek politicians who wanted cities in that region to look more like Greece, not like the Jewish cities or the Semitic cities in Palestine. So these cities in the Decapolis, they were not centers of Jewish religion. In fact, Jewish practices were looked down upon in those cities. And so for Jews, the Decapolis represented the secular world, the world out there, the world that did not know God, the world that did not know how to speak about God, the truth about God, that never heard what God had said. And so the deaf man in our story comes to be a symbol for the inability to hear and speak about God. He represents the nations who do not know the Lord and who need their ears opened to the word of the Lord. He's unable to hear and unable to speak until Christ opens his ears and loosens his tongue. Well, I wonder if in our world, we also have become so secular that we have a hard time hearing the word of God. We have a hard time speaking the things of God. Do we go about our day-to-day -day activities with our ears closed up? Maybe we have all become so accustomed to the noise of the world that we are deaf to the things of God. And it's almost hard to blame anyone if that's the case. We're constantly surrounded by noise, by information, stories, political commentary, statistics, data, money-making opportunities, feedback about our work, 
text threads about our kids' activities, and so on. If we wanted to be busy and distracted 24 hours a day, seven days a week, we could easily accommodate that, easily. And in all that noise, all that business, how much of it is filling our ears up and keeping us from hearing the things of God? How much of it is distracting us from speaking about the things of God? In his little book, The Power of Silence, the Roman Catholic Cardinal Seurat writes, our world no longer hears God because it constantly is speaking, and it speaks at a devastating speed and volume, and it says nothing. Modern civilization does not know how to be quiet. It holds forth in an unending monologue. Modern society rejects the past and looks at the present as a cheap consumer object. It pictures the future in terms of progress. Its dream, which has become a sad reality, will have been to lock silence away in a dungeon. Thus, there is dictatorship of speech, dictatorship of verbal emphasis. And in the theater of shadows, nothing is left but a wound of mechanical words, without perspective, without truth, without foundation. And quite often in modern society, truth is nothing more than the pure and misleading creation of the media corroborated by fabricated image and testimonies. And when that happens, the word of God fades away, inaccessible, inaudible. Well, this connects us to our story here in Mark 7. Right, when we become secular people, the word of God begins to fade away from our ears. It becomes inaccessible, inaudible. That's not, of course, it's obviously not a physical problem with our ears. We might hear frequencies just fine. But it's the deafness of our hearts that makes God's word inaccessible to us sinners. It also happens that if we no longer have ears to hear the word of God, we become unable to speak it. For we only speak in the way that we are shaped by what we hear. So just as we pick up our accents or our manner of speaking from those closest to us, we won't be able to speak the praises of God or to say the truth of the gospel to our neighbor unless our ears are open to hear the word. Christ, however, as we see in Mark 7, speaks to us. He speaks to us though our sin and distraction have closed up our ears to the word of God. The great declaration of the gospel, the grace of Christ to poor sinners, is in that little phrase from our reading, be open, be open. Christ opened the deaf man's ears, he freed the tongue. The man who had lived in the secular world, who knew nothing of the things of God, could now speak truth plainly. And that's who we are. We are the people who can hear the word of God and who can speak it plainly in our prayers and praises and witness to the world. Luther once remarked that in outward life, you could not tell a Christian from a non-Christian. Both kinds of people still had to plow their fields. They had to go about their daily chores, take care of their bodily needs, raise their children. But there was little noticeably different about how they lived their lives. They seemed to be the same. But he said Christians had two parts of their body that were very different the non-Christians, their ears and their tongues. He writes, the Christian speaks and hears differently. He has a tongue which praises the grace of God and preaches Christ as Lord. A Christian cares not to hear words about silver and gold, but only that which is said of Christ. It's Christ who opens our ears. 
Christ who opens our ears against the noise of the world to let us hear his good news. Like picking up an accent, our ears will hear the lies of the world and will hear the truth of the gospel. Our sinful hearts will be closed up. They will close up our ears to what is good and true. But it's Christ who opens them up. It's Christ who says, be open. It's Christ who loosens our tongues to let us share the good news with the world. That's who Christ is. The one who restores the world to him. To be able to hear good news. To speak of God's glory. To say hallelujah, praise the Lord. It's Christ who frees us to hear and frees us to speak. What we see in our gospel reading is that Christ opens us up to this grace. It's Christ who opens us up to receive the gospel, to share with others. He opens us up for all that's good, that we might receive life and health from him. And that's now the challenge of living in this world as ones with open ears. Do we hear the gospel in our lives? Do we experience God's loving care on, in our day-to-day -day activities? Or does the noise of the world shut up our ears? Christ has opened our ears, so let us listen to him. Christ has promised us life and salvation. He has promised us forgiveness of sins. So let us open our ears to that goodness. Let us open our ears to that hope. Amen.